Welcome back to The Daily Drum on WHUR, Sirius XM Channel 141, 96.3 HD2 and 98.3 FM. This is the Insight Segment. I'm Harold Fisher. If you have a child with special needs, you know the challenges of getting them the educational support they need. Depending on your child's situation, educating them can run the gamut from transportation to keeping up with other kids in class. Well, tonight... We have the story of one mother's journey and how you might be able to navigate this issue in the District of Columbia. My guests are Tiffany Alexander, advocate and parent of a special needs child in the Prince George's County school system. Also, Hannah Blumenfeld-Love, program manager for the D.C. Special Education Hub, the Office of the Ombudsman for Public Education with D.C. State Board of Education. We will explain that curriculum vitae. Uh, title <laughs> in just a bit because obviously there is a lot to that. If you have comments or questions, give us a call. Lines are open at 202-319-7810. 202-319-7810. You can X me at H Fisher W H U R or find me on Instagram at Harold T Fisher. Uh, Tiffany, Hannah, thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. Let me first start with you, Tiffany. Your daughter, she's 15. Mm -hmm. She has muscular dystrophy. Kind of explain to me how you got to the point of of advocacy instead of just, just that regular old parent who's just trying to slug away and make sure that their child gets the education they deserve all right um i got to this point um when my daughter got to um, middle school um i realized that she needed a lot of assistance um that i was unclear on how to help her um it was new for me it was new for the school um and in a perfect world, you think you walk into a building, a school building, that all kids would be accommodated. And um, in middle school is when I realized that while I know, you know, my daughter has abilities, um, that it would be a challenge. They weren't ready for her um, or anyone like her. So. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So um, maneuvering through trying to find a dedicated aide, um, unfortunately, she cannot... Um, get through the school day alone she needs help opening doors um anything that we take for granted um you and i with our hands um and our limbs she needs help with um and she wasn't getting that help so um brings us to here while the county has a lot of things that they processes in place for our babies with disabilities implementation has been a strong issue so it brings me here now, um, not only wanting to make sure that my baby uh, receives a free and appropriate education that she deserves, but other children that will follow her, um, they get a chance. It's hard being a kid. It's hard being in school. um, And then you top it with things that you can't control, such as health and um, just accessing a classroom, a bathroom, an elevator. Um, It's hard. And we wanted to point out that we did invite someone from the Prince George's County School System to discuss this with us. We were not provided anyone. We hope that we will have them in studio or on the program to discuss this uh, in the future. 
let's drill down a little bit more. Obviously, as I said, every child has special, every child with special needs has uh, something different. Yes. Sometimes those special needs may be uh, emotional. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they may be physical. Sometimes they may be a combination of both. And and so you, you did show a picture um, to me uh, of your daughter. So she is she's wheelchair bound. Yes. Um, how would you rate her educational process right now? What specifically do you believe that she needs and, and where and where is she now in the educational process? I mean, is she is she still in the system? What kind of help, if any, is she getting? Okay, um, she um, she is. We're we're in the ninth grade. She is not receiving all of the assistance that she needs, um, as far as a dedicated aid. Um, that is a a big issue for us. And um, I'm sorry. Take your time. Um. I'm so sorry, Harold. It's all right. Could you repeat the question? This is so hard. No, I understand. Where is she now in her educational process? Okay. Yeah, we're in the ninth grade. We have a 504 plan. I'm making um, every attempt to change that over to an IEP. Um, At this point, she... um, She's trying her hardest, but she is being failed by the county. Um, there are many instances where uh, the things that are outlined in her 504 aren't being adhered to. Um, again, implementation with the county is a big issue. Um, she's pretty much, she's just left out there. Um, since August 25th, I have been my daughter's dedicated aide. Um, I've been helping her along with family, um, with very little assistance from the schools to ensure that she can get from class to class, access the elevator. Um, but she needs help. She needs help um, and, and little help. I, I, yes, the dedicated aid is a big thing, but just resources inside of the building. She should be able to walk to a door and it open for her. And it just doesn't benefit her. It benefits people like you and me. If I'm not feeling good today, um, it, 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 it's, it's so many, it's so many layers of the assistance that she needs. Um, her disease is going to progressively get worse. Yeah. So this isn't something that we're just dealing with in the ninth grade. Um, I've been trying uh, since uh, April 2023 to prepare her for August 25th. And to no avail, we still started the school year um, with a lot of unanswered questions. And um a lot of um, assistance that it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. Um, for example, earthquake drills. Um, most students are under their desk or um, being instructed to do something. Chloe's in her wheelchair. So could you imagine while all the other students are under their desk and this child is sitting up in her wheelchair, you know, what she's feeling? Um, they want her to put a book over top of her head. Well, she can't do that. But she also doesn't have a dedicated aid either. So what what do we do? What is your understanding for resources for students like your daughter? I, as an advocate, I'm, I'm sure that you've had an opportunity to reach out to other parents and the like who are challenged by all of these things. 
um, have you received any kind of other uh, support from other advocates or ideas? Because obviously your daughter, Chloe, is not alone. There are other students who yes. need varied resources. Yes. And what do they do? Uh, that's a good question, Harold. Um, I, I don't have a good answer for that because most of the parents that I talk to, including myself, we get tired. We get frustrated without the resources or the lack thereof. Um, not understanding the language, the schools and the system, uh, school system. The first thing that they say is we're a team, we're partners in this education and this journey. But it doesn't feel like that when you get in a room. So um, as far as resources uh, that the county has and schools have openly provided to us, um, it, it has been very little. There are some few uh, specialty personnel that are there, like occupational therapists, physical therapists that um, go over and beyond to try to ensure that um, some of Chloe's needs are met. Um, but that's, it doesn't cut it. 202-319-7810. 202-319-7810. Tonight we're talking about finding educational support resources for children with special needs. Um, I wanted to add again that as it relates to uh, advocate Tiffany, Tiffany Alexander and her daughter, we did invite the Prince George's County School System to be a part of this discussion. Uh, they did not have anyone who was available to us. Hopefully we will have an opportunity to hear from them soon. I want to talk to you, Ms. Blumenfeld Love, because as, as I referred to in the beginning, and I want to read your title again, because it's a lot. You know, program manager for the D.C. Special Education Hub Office of the Ombudsman for Public Education with D.C. State Board of Education. My goodness, I've got a college education, and I'm just wondering to myself, what is that? Talk, talk to me about what you do and your office. Absolutely. Uh, so the DC Special Education Hub is an initiative of the Office of the Ombudsman for Public Education. And I'll dive a little bit more into what that means. Sure. So uh, the Office of the Ombudsman for Public Education is here to really provide impartial third party support for families. So instead of being tied to a specific school or um, a specific a group, they are independent, impartial, and as a an initiative of the Office of the Ombudsman, the DC Special Education Hub is able to provide that impartial support to families who are navigating this uh, sometimes very uh, long or confusing special education process. Uh, we are entirely family facing, and we're really here to support families with questions or resource needs in special education wherever they are in the process here in DC. So maybe that's someone going, hey, I, I've noticed something that I'm a little concerned about with my child's reading, but I don't even know where to start. Or it's someone who goes, you know, we've been in the special education process for a minute, I feel pretty comfortable, but now they're talking about changing uh, her class or uh, adding a transition plan for him and I don't really know what that is, can you help me? 
So we're able to provide support for families one-on-one through our hotline and through email. We also provide trainings for families on really those top uh, topics that uh, families really want support in navigating, whether that's the special education eligibility process or, um, as Tiffany mentioned, the difference between an IEP and a 504 plan. These things that you may hear those kinds of buzzy terms, but Mm -hmm. uh, unless you uh, either have a degree in education or someone to sit down and really work with you through it, it can be a lot. Uh, And then finally, we're able to provide uh, online resources on our website, as well as printed resources in a number of different languages, too. Because, uh, again, uh, it's important that we're serving all members of our community and making sure that this information is accessible to everyone. You know, one of the things that that has come up when we've had this discussion on this program, this is something that is not unique to the District of Columbia, Prince George's County. This is nationwide. Whenever we've had these conversations about educational resources when we've had superintendents or CEOs of super of school super uh, school districts come on um, we will get parents who call about this issue about special education and the you know the the lack of 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 resources and certainly while the the percentage of students that may need special education is is significantly smaller than the more broad population. Uh, it is not; these are not insignificant people. And and in trying and just listening to, uh, you know, Tiffany's you know struggles and and the emotion, as you, I think you just kind of hit it on the head, Hannah. Most parents are just parents, but they are not educators. And whether it's a 504 plan or IEP or, you know, can I tell my age, you know, writing, I will behave on the chalkboard <laughs> 60 times or the whiteboard or whatever they're doing. You know, they, they don't know the, the intricacies of, of what's happening in school, even if, when they're trying to pay attention. What is it that you hear most as it relates to special education? What is it that, that parents need the most? Yeah. Um, first, I do. I do want to say that uh, while this can seem like something that is, oh, it's just a few kids in my son's school. Uh, really, uh, according to the CDC, up to one in four or one in five adults in the United States has a disability. The number is similar for children, uh, so it's not at all a small issue. Um, as here in D.C., around 15 percent of our public uh, D.C. public school and D.C. public charter school students uh, are special education students, have special education services. Uh, so often when families will maybe see us at an event, they'll go, oh, well, my kid doesn't doesn't need that, doesn't have that. And I'll go, OK, but I'm sure you know somebody who who mm. does, mm-hmm. who does need those supports. Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's your nephew. 
Uh, maybe, you know, you don't need it now, but in a few years, your kid might uh, break their arm before a big test and need a 504 plan to support with that, whatever it may be. Uh, this is an issue that really does touch so many people in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're looking at some of the biggest issues in D.C. Hold that mm-hmm. point, if you will, and, because and I don't want you to forget, sure. but I do need to to take a break um, to Kia calling from Prince George's County. We're going to be talking to you, so please do not hang up. Also, James, calling from Howard County. We're going to talk to you as well. Lines are still open at 202-319-7810. 202-319-7810. Stay with us. The Daily Drum will continue on Sirius XM Channel 141. I'm Harold Fisher. John Mons is next with the original Quiet Storm. That's on WHUR. We will continue this conversation about navigating special ed challenges for your child. We'll be back in just a bit. Welcome back to The Daily Drum on Sirius XM Channel 141. I'm Harold Fisher. Tonight we are talking about children with special needs and special education. If you're having problems finding special education for your your child, what can you do? What are the challenges and what are some of the suggestions to help you navigate this issue? My guests are Tiffany Alexander, advocate and parent of a special needs child in the Prince George's County Public School System, and Hannah Blumenfeld-Love, program manager for the D.C. Special Education Hub with the Office of the Ombudsman for Special Education with D.C. State Board of Education. Uh, Lines are still open at 202-319-7810, 202-319-7810. Right before the break, Hannah, you were you were making a point. Please continue. Sure. Um, so we were talking a little bit about some of the, the biggest challenges uh, the families we work with come across here in D.C. And I, I think that many of them honestly came from the same place that the DC Special Education Hub came from, which uh, was with the start of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, while special education is certainly not new and challenges related to it are certainly not new, we've seen uh, really an increase in families with questions and concerns around it, uh, whether it was from that year we were all home together and families were going hey, I've never been around my child learning quite in this way, and I'm noticing some things I did not realize were happening. Or maybe it's someone whose child did have services, but they realized they didn't work the way they thought they did. Um, So folks had so many questions uh, coming from that. And I think we're really seeing uh, spaces where families are, are again, looking for those resources. In DC, we're really fortunate to have many resources that other places may not. Uh, but it can such be a, as. Uh, such as the DC Special Education Hub, um, mm-hmm. uh, for one. But uh, there are various community organizations. There are various folks that that provide resources um, to families, both in education and otherwise. Uh, but it can be a full time job to track them all down. Uh, and so, in in my work, what I love to be able to do is really be that one stop shop for families. Uh, so when they're they're facing some of these issues, like a lot of our families are are just overwhelmed by how do I even get this started? Um, I don't know. How do I make a referral? What does the eligibility process look like? They want me to come up for a meeting. What is that even about? 
and then also some of our families that are already in it are experiencing what many families across the country are experiencing uh, with staffing shortages, uh, which is certainly something that was exacerbated by the pandemic. Uh, so again, families not not being sure how to navigate that. And so we're able to provide uh, trainings for families as well as that one-on-one support to really help them get those tools they need to be able to to guide uh, their children through those parts of their education. Let me go to the phone lines, 202-319-7810, 202-319-7810 to Kia, calling from Prince George's County. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Hi, yes. Um, you're talking to me, right? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> go right ahead. Okay, yes. So I have a son that is in Prince George's County High School. He is in the 11th grade. Um, over time, we have had challenges, yes, um, but our sped chair and the teachers and the coordinator that's with those children that, or that have special needs in his school, they normally are the ones that help us out. It goes forth, um, back and forth with the doctor, your pediatrician, having the the proper pediatrician that will fight for you and that will write the different things that you need for your child. Um, The paperwork is key. If they don't put the correct information in the paperwork, they will deny it every single time. But talking to your SPED chair um, and the teacher and the coordinator for that specific school or whoever is covering those schools, they are the ones I've seen over time help out with my son. It has come to uh, where he's now older, where I've had to reach out to our senator, Senator Joanne Benson, and her team to see how she can put her fingers in how to help me. But I wanted to give that information to um, Ms. Alexander that reach out to your senator and make sure you have the proper doctor advocating for you as well. Um, again, my son is 19, and he is wheelchair-bound. He's bed-bound. Um, we have a specific case, but he does attend a high school, and they have a whole wing for the children with special needs. And I was listening to her say, you know, the different emergency tactics, you know, that they have to take, the, the protocol for, you know, when the alarm is called. What do they do? We have, you know, nurses on the hall. We have different nurses in the classroom. You have your paras that are there, your itinerants that are there. Um, I used to be a dedicated aide, so I know on that side of it with my student that I worked with, if anything happened, I wouldn't just grab my one. I would grab three or four and say, come on, you're going with Miss P. Um, so I, I wanted to give that information to her. Reach out to your chair, your sped chair for that your area for those specific schools, whatever school your child goes to, and also reach out to your senator. Your senator and her team or his team will, once you give them all the information, they will help. Takiya, what high school does your son attend? He attends Fairmont Heights High School. Okay. Um, Tiffany, your your thoughts about what Takiya was sharing? Um, 
I appreciate the information um, that Takia shared. Um, however, that has not quite been my experience. Um, I always say I know I'm not the only parent, and I know I'm not. However, um, I sit in front of me with a list of over 30 names of individuals that I have reached out to in my county, my district, my, my senators, my councilmen, um, Department of Education, um, all of the leaders who I thought um, would make a difference that would reach out to me that would um, be concerned about our future and, and our children. So um, I, I appreciate that information that you've given me. But um, just as no one is sitting here um, with me today, this is the um, sort of treatment that I've been receiving from the county um, regarding my daughter. It's almost as if we are a burden on them um, because of the assistance that she needs. And let me add, she's brilliant. Um, this is unfortunately all physical for her. Um, she is an average 15 year old um, that just wants to go to school. Mm. Uh, Takia, uh, thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for your for your information and um, and your support. Question. Yes. I'm sorry. I'll, do you have REM? What is REM? Yes. Rare and emergency medical expenses. Um, I do. Um, okay, so your REM case manager also is a advocate for you as well. You got to get the proper one. The proper um, one, yes. Yes, because it's all about who you have that will fight for you. Some of them are there for a paycheck. Some of them are there for you. Understood, and I agree. Mm. Uh, Takia, thank you so much for your for your input. I really appreciate your phone call. Before I go back, before I go back to the phone lines, Takia said something, Hannah, that that I think you kind of uh, touched on about fighting for for parents and and helping to helping them to navigate this because obviously you know Tiffany's in Prince George's County you're in the District of Columbia but obviously Takia helped bridge the 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 fight because the problems that that parents may have in trying to figure this thing out in the district are the same kind of issues that Takia is having in is, is having in Prince George's County and to, to and to and to Takia's point having the right person i.e. A, Han, a Hannah Blumenfeld love <laughs> <laughs> um, to, to help you move through this process seems to be the the thing that can make the difference between accessing resources and not. We definitely, uh, one of the first things that I think I say in most of the trainings uh, I do with families is to identify uh, really at the start of the school year or whenever you can, the person to go to within your school uh, for these needs. Often, I mean, as we've been talking about, uh, navigating this can can be exhausting and our parents are working uh, one, sometimes more jobs already. Uh, so it can be uh, really discouraging if you're going in and you're not sure who to talk to and you're just kind of talking to, to whoever and you're not really getting the response you're looking for. Uh, so absolutely sitting down and going, OK, who do I talk to about special education? 
who do I talk to if I have a question about uh, the school bus coming to pick up my kid in the morning? Who do I talk to if I have questions about how to support him in math? Uh, all of those can be so, so helpful. Uh, and then, of course, uh, folks uh, like the folks on my team at the D.C. Special Education Hub are are really here to help families think through who are all those contacts that I need? What kinds of information do I have? What am I still looking for? Uh, and also what's coming next? It's never too early to think about what is high school going to look like for my student? What is uh, college or career going to look like for my student? And so really really having uh, someone to help you kind of kind of game plan all of that out uh, is is so valuable. James, calling from Howard County. James, thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Yes, I, I wanted to uh, make a statement. Like I said, you know, my son has 17 with autism. Um, I was a first responder for Prince George's County for over 20 years. So I've been a firm at Howard Kites, every different school as a firefighter medic. Um, so what I decided to dedicate my life is just to work on the financial side of uh, special needs because a lot of families don't have the resources, meaning money, and there's no dedicated funds. So I created a new Maryland license plate. I've uh, talked with Governor Westmore. He has the designs in front of him, um, and um, I guess next session we'll try to figure out how to get this done. Um, uh, Kathy Neiser is the uh, chief administrative officer for the NBA for the state of Maryland, so if you guys reach out to her, I've spoke to her many a times, but sometimes they ignore um, families with special needs children because they don't think they're really important and they have to understand we are a huge voter block and mm. i come from a very large family in southern maryland um so that's a huge voter block there and I also reached out to the, the sports teams from the baltimore ravens the washington commanders and kind of done projects for them to get them on board um and i also ben chili boy did a project for them with miss ali I'm doing a new uh, DC license plate uh, as well, and those funds will be dedicated for children with special needs mm -hmm. to provide programming and subsidized kids. Because sometimes you have to go outside of the system to get the help you need. Yes. And unfortunately, the elected officials, unless you have money, mm -hmm. they're not going to pay attention to you. Yeah. And we have to come together. We're a huge voter block and let us be heard. You're yes. not going to get elected to no official office unless you take care of our needs. Yeah. James, thank you so much for your advocacy and your phone call. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, let me talk to Kim calling from Temple Hills. Kim, thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Hi, thank you. Sure. Um, as a former guidance counselor from the Prince George's school system, um, you know, I, from, the, from working from the inside, I, I feel for that mom. But the real problem, the real problem across the country is there's no money. There's no money in education to pay teachers. There's no money in uh, getting these dedicated aids. There's just no money. Um, and, and until the, the world decides that they want to pay the appropriate amount of money for education in this country, you know, you're going to continue to see this. And in Prince George's County in particular, what a lot of people really probably are not willing to say, but I am willing to say, um, like the District of Columbia is doing extremely well, but they're doing extremely well because of gentrification. So they don't have as many children leaning on their special education system like they did 15 years ago when they were in trouble with their education system. So what's happened is a lot of those families are now here on Prince George's County system. The county can't handle the overload that got run out of the district into Prince George's County. 
so now you have an abundance of children that need help and you don't have the money. Then you have a school system that is pitting the intelligent children against the needy children, mm-hmm. the handicapped children, the special needs children. So the schools only are going to get their kudos or their praise when their, ed- their intelligent children do well. So you're going to fund, the, your, fund your money to the children who are intelligent. you got all these programs for intelligent, but you don't have enough help for the children that we know that are going to have to go out here into the world and struggle because they are special needs. Yeah. So until, until a community starts to lean on that board of education about paying more money, we're going to see this and we're going to keep seeing this. And, we're going, and I left the school system because there's no money. I'm now a registered nurse. I would love to come back and work with those children. I hated to leave, but I had to pick whether I wanted to have a place to live or if I wanted to take care of these people's children. Yeah. So I had to pick a place to live. Uh, Kim, thank you so much for your phone call. Uh, it was quite insightful. Uh, before I go back to another phone call, you know, Tiffany, one of the things that, that Kim just shared with us, it, anecdotally, <laughs> anecdotally speaking, is what we've been hearing even pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. as I was saying even before the break, that parents are complaining about lack of resources. Yes. And But I wanted to ask you, you, you've mentioned a couple of times, August 25th, when you lost the aid, why did that happen? No, it wasn't that we lost aid. It was August 25th was the first day of school. August 25th was the first day of school for Prince George's County Public Schools. Um, Because they were not prepared for my child, despite all my attempts, um, I had been going to school with her. So I've been that person who is walking with my child um doing the job of a dedicated aide um i'm opening doors and um will and helping with elevators and assisting with books and um in the restroom if she if needed so when you showed up on august 25th (laughs) what was the response of the principal teachers (laughs) and the like i i I mean, allow me to be a fly on the wall. Okay. I'll I'll let you be a fly on the wall. And um, let me say it. At the end of the day, I want help for my baby and all the rest of these babies. But it was disheartening. So I pulled up with my daughter in her 381-pound wheelchair. We pulled in front of the school. And there was a woman standing outside. Um, As soon as I got out the car, she kind of was staring at me. So she said, "Um, is your last name Alexander? said yeah that's us she says well i was tasked to help your daughter today but i'm only helping her today um this isn't a permanent thing it's only today um and as i proceeded to finish helping get the wheelchair off of my uh truck uh, another woman proceeds to come out and but now this woman is upset um visibly never met her before a day in my life um but she's upset and she is adamant that this uh, woman that was standing there is not going to help my child she's already said that she's been placed somewhere else we're going to just have to figure this all out all while my baby sat and this is how she started her first day um of school um because of all of the uh adversity towards Chloe coming in, um, I told him, don't worry, I'm going to stick around. Um, I knew at that moment that it wasn't a time to get angry. Um, It was action time. And I knew that also I wasn't comfortable leaving my baby girl in that school. So that day and the days that follow, I walked with her and with them. 
and did the assisting because I also was told um, that they don't assist with restrooms. Um, it is unfair and unhuman-like to think that a child is not going to use the restroom the entire day. Um, but because of this is what we've been told, um, and my daughter, she wants to be independent and not be a burden, and she's never a burden, she's amazing, but she wouldn't eat and drink so that she wouldn't have to use the restroom, and she knows that I'm here versus being at work, so in her little head, if I don't eat, if I don't drink, then mommy goes to work, all is well, we'll just figure it out. Um, so that was the first day of school. Um, the principal... Um, and guidance counselors at some point throughout the days, eventually um, we've had a we had a conversation, but it was after my um, multiple emails going back and forth to figure out, okay, we don't have a dedicated aid. You guys aren't prepared for her, but what's our plan B? What does that look like for her? How do we make sure that she has access and gets around just like everyone else? Um, and ideally, I go to work because that was not the plan <laughs> August 25th that I would go back in, um, through high school. Um, however, uh, that's what I got. Um, I have not received assistance from the 504 coordinator. As um, some of our callers have said, they have been non-helpful again um, Thank God in my adult mind, I'm sane enough to know, please don't take it, that I'm not taking it personal. But, you know, if I hadn't been in my child's position, I, I would have taken the adversity that we received personal. Um, and we've sat in meetings um, per my request uh, to try to figure out what we would do. Um, again, she has a 504 plan, which I know is kind of outdated and needs to be updated. Um, she's had multiple surgeries since then. Things, life has just changed, and I know that she needed more support. Um, in these meetings, they've used a document from 2014 to justify as to why they wouldn't provide Chloe with the additional support. Um, I've been given all kind of excuses, and um, that brings us to where we are now. At some point, they did task somebody to assist her for a few weeks, but that just didn't seem to work out. Um, it takes a very, it will take a, while she needs a dedicated aid, it's gonna take a special person. When I say special, I mean trained and knowledgeable to deal with um, someone such as my baby girl. Um, and that to date we have not received. So, um, what have what have they suggested at this point about improving the the educational circumstances of your daughter? I mean, what uh, you mentioned a, a 2014 document. You you mentioned some of the this. How can I put this? The 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 steep hill that you had to climb on August 25th. <laughs> So, but now we are at November 14th. Yes. Semester is almost over. So what, but has anyone in the Prince George's County School System suggested or given you some kind of hope as to what a, as you said, a plan B may look like? No, sir. No one has given me anything. Um, I have several unanswered emails to this day. Um, still regarding my child and uh, what things look like moving forward. So um, uh, there, there's there been nothing. But I will say um, 
her physical therapist or occupational therapist within the school, they have been instrumental in trying. Um, and sometimes I understand I'm, I guess I'm asking for the world for these babies, but um, just a little effort sometimes goes a long way. So they have assisted with trying to, you know, get small things such as desks that, you know, will maneuver up and down for her to be able to come out of her wheelchair sometimes and sit at a regular desk like her peers um, or not to just work in her lap. But um, those are just small things, very important, but small things to the journey that we have ahead. Um, this is just ninth grade. So um, looking forward to 10th, 11th, and 12th, you know, a little nerve wracking as to how we will move forward because again, um, they don't know and we aren't partners and we aren't exploring the options and what it looks like for someone who is mentally sharp, but physically needs a little bit of help. Oh, mm -hmm. that's a lot of help. Uh, Barbara calling from Bowie, thank you so much for hanging on. What's on your mind? I, first and foremost, I want to say that I understand where Ms. Kimberly, I understand what uh, James has said, and we are in the same situation. And I honestly feel that we collectively as parents with these children, we need to take a march down to Capitol Hill with our concerns, our complaint. Yes, there's no money. With these kids that got suffered with all these little disability issues, the school cop out to the 504 plan because it's easier mm -hmm. than having that kid to have an IEP. Yes. And, and it is ridiculous that our babies are falling through the crack because nobody wants to take the initiative to put in place funding for our children yes. to get the help and the vital needs that they have. I mean, it might seem little to them, like Miss Kim, like said, the little, simple, little small thing, it's small, but it is still very important. These babies have vital needs that they cannot get for themselves, and as parents, we are trying to fight so hard to get this done, and we have no avenue. We're running into a brick wall. So where is Congress is for our babies? Yes. Uh, Barbara. And, I, and we would love, I would love to connect with James and Miss Kimberly and whoever else so we can try to sit down and figure out a plan so we can, we can march down near the Capitol Hill and let them hear our concerns for our babies. I'm yeah. I mean, you give, you've taken billions of dollars in these trap cameras. Take some of that money and throw it into daggone education for these babies. Mm. Barbara, thank you so much um, for your phone call. Uh, you know, Hannah, you you hear the muscular emotions from you know people like uh, the lady who just called, and you see the the kind of struggles that that Tiffany uh, has expressed in Prince George's. Uh, does does the district have the have the resources that has? How, what, what has been the evolution of this process as far as you understand it? I'm not sure how long you've been in, in the system, but have, have you seen uh, a return on the investment for this issue for, for parents? I think that the biggest thing is as, as we in DC have, have seen, for example, the increase in 
in need with the start of the pandemic. Um, and even at, previous to my work here, I was a middle school uh, special education teacher in Ward 7. Um, and I know in my work now, I think back to, okay, as as a teacher, what did I wish I had? What do I wish I had had the time to make or the time to provide for, for families? And that's what we're doing now. So it's forever a... Uh, a responsive, a responsive effort um, in making sure that as we see these needs, um, I know the DC Special Education Hub is just one part of the puzzle, um, but we're here uh, because parents did raise their voices and say, I, I need support, I need uh, help with this question, I need help with this resource. Uh, and that's, that's again, how, how um, we were able to come into come into being. I, I I only have a couple of minutes left, and you know, Tiffany, I know this is emotionally exhausting for you, but what what would be your druthers? What is your message to Prince George's County um, as we look at November fifteenth? <laughs> Um, well, guys, it is, um, the end of the semester is almost ending. Um, we are, you are failing our babies. You're failing my baby. She's being passed up. Um, and I know it's hard, just like many people said, the money is a, a thing. Resources, um, th that's a thing. Um, and I feel like sometimes you guys bank on our parents being tired. I'm tired, but I'm still here. I don't want this to be a battle. Um, I, I want to be a part of um, something amazing because these kids matter. Um, my baby was stuck in a bathroom. I want you guys to know that she was stuck in a bathroom. And thank God you allowed the kids to take their cell phones with them because she was able to call me. She suffered a concussion because she did not receive adaptive PE. She's been trapped in an elevator already because the county does not service them and the certificate inside the elevator was last dated for 2021. These babies matter. Their life is just as important as their non-disabled peers. If you guys are listening, I'm not just trying to ruffle your feathers. trying to pave a way for my child so that she could graduate confidently and go to college and realize her dreams. I'm asking for you guys to stop beating them down. It's hard enough to be 15. Give me a call, respond to my emails. Let me be a partner with you. Thank you, Harold. Tiffany Alexander. Hannah Blumenfeld Love, thank you both for sharing this really important information with us. We are going to follow up and see what we can do. That is the Daily Drum for this Tuesday, November 14th. I'm Harold Fisher. Good night.